Hey everybody, welcome to the Soulful Eclectic. I am your host, Diana Collins, and I want to welcome you guys back to this episode. If this is the first time you're joining me, well, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be with me, to spend your time with me. I value you and I appreciate you, so thank you so much. And if this is your return visit, either your first, your second, third time listening, thank you so much. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you all so much. The birds are chirping today and I thought, you know what? Let me just step outside of my studio space and let you guys hear the birds today. Right? So um, so you may hear the birds in the back. It's just, it's life, it's living, it's being mindful. It's just beautiful. If you have not subscribed to the, to the uh, podcast, please do so. I appreciate you all so much, and I look forward to each and every one of your feedback. Um, so just please take a time out and just share with me how you liked an episode, maybe how you disliked an episode and what you didn't like about the episode. Whatever your feedback is, please do share. Um, so today's episode, wow, forgiveness. <laughs> I want to talk about forgiveness. We, 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 we want to just look at what it looks like to forgive someone. Now, we, I, I, I'll start off with here. I'll start off with this. Let's talk about forgiving someone that has hurt you, okay? We as a, a people have so much damage that's done to us as a child. We, we all face and have faced some sort of adversity as children. If you haven't, I've met, I have met a few people who've, who haven't had that adversity in life. And I say, God bless you. That's amazing. Kudos. It, it, I mean, what, what can I say to that? I, that's just great that you did not have to face any type of adversity growing up and you manage and still continue to be an amazing person. It doesn't take away from your experiences at all. Maybe something else has impacted your, your life, either a death, a divorce, whatever. It doesn't have to be traumatizing, although that can be traumatizing for some depending on who the loss is. So I don't want to minimize that at all by any means. Um, but whatever your adversity is, we bring that to every encounter that we have in relationships. So I, I spoke earlier um, episodes about being responsible, taking, be, taking responsibility and accountability to what you bring to the table. Um, so with that is looking at forgiving those who have caused us harm or distress in our life. Now, that's a hard thing to do because that means that you are recounting events and triggering yourself again to think about what has taken place. And sometimes we have to bring ourselves to that point and start that healing process. Healing begins with forgiving the person that has harmed you. Now, mind you, forgiving is not forgetting, and that is what I like to tell a lot of people. Just because you're forgiving the person is not me, does not mean that you're going to forget the event that has transpired, not at all. What it means is that you're forgiving the person, allowing yourself to move on and move past it and begin your healing process, and you need to, to heal. Otherwise, you're going to keep bringing this same hurt and, and pain 
everywhere you go, you're going to constantly be triggered. And it, and like anxiety, it doesn't go away, but we learn how to cope and manage it much better. And that's the goal to, to teach people to manage their anxiety and manage their triggers so that it doesn't disrupt their, their life and their day-to-day activities that they have going on. So with that, um, first step, acknowledging that there's a problem, acknowledging that something actually did happen. Um, and it's hard because with us in many communities, black and brown community, Hispanic community, um, lower socioeconomic white communities, there's a level of abuse, um, mistreatments, uh, domestic violence, you name it, on children, adults, and also with that sometimes there's a level of molestation and a lot of things that we have to deal with as we grow older. And to start dealing with that and acknowledging that they actually exist is the first step to that healing process. The second step is that forgiveness. Forgive the party that has harmed you. It had nothing to do with you. It was them. It was their perception of your disrespect. It was their perception of how you treated them. It was their perception of what you didn't do for them. It, it's their problem. You can't own it. Um, and that's what we do a lot of times, especially us as women. We own other people's troubles. I like the, yeah, we own other people's troubles. And we do it so easily because we have that nurturing part of us that wants to heal, that wants to make people happy. So we, we, we take on that um, hurt and that pain, and we also uh, feel accountable for that person. And we, we take responsibility for that individual and that individual's behavior. So you find yourself apologizing for the way that that person acts in public. You find yourself apologizing um, to the individual that you, you made a mistake, dinner wasn't ready on time, whatever. And that, that's something that we have to start to forgive ourselves for um, and also forgive the other person. So um, acknowledging that, acknowledging that is, is key. The next thing is forgiving yourself. Huge. I think early on in the episode, I mentioned that. Forgive yourself. Write a letter to yourself forgiving yourself for allowing the behaviors to transpire, for allowing yourself to accept such maltreatment. Allowing yourself to feel the pain. Forgive yourself. We're so quick to forgive other people for what they do to us, but we don't fall so quickly to forgive ourselves for what we allow to happen in our lives. And that's what we have to do. We have to forgive ourselves. That's part of the healing. Okay? I teach in class sometimes about um, adverse childhood experiences that we bring to the table. And one of the things that we, we have to be mindful of is that with those childhood experiences, adverse childhood experiences come triggers. And we don't realize that 
are, we are being triggered because we don't recognize what our triggers are because we haven't done the steps to healing to learn how to cope with those triggers. The triggers do not go away. Like anxiety I mentioned earlier, it doesn't go away, but we do find ways to deal with them so they do not impact our lives as bad as they did before. Um, and one of the things I, I, I explain is that when we are beginning new relationships, be it friendships, be it in romantic relationships, interactions with our families, we bring these triggers with us. We bring this anxiety with us. So knowing what they are are going to be huge to not react, right? So one example is um, families. Families. They argue, they're loud, they're just constantly bickering sometimes, and depending on where you fall in that family's dynamic, um, it impacts you. So if you are an individual that comes from a home that your parents fought constantly and you, you're a victim of watching domestic violence and also a part of that domestic violence, so loud noises, loud voices are going to be your trigger most of the time. So with that trigger comes anxiety, right? It comes you lashing out. So how can you change that behavior? Recognize that it's a trigger and, want, and remove yourself from the situation. Once the volume starts to get elevated, just take yourself like, you know what? It's time for me to go. I need to just um, call it a night, whatever. Whatever you need to do to excuse yourself once you feel that your mood is changing or that you're getting anxious. And then you start to recognize what those symptoms, what that looks like, right? What it feels like when this starts to happen. Is your heart racing? Do you get dis disorganized in your thought process? Um, are you, do you find that you start raising your voice and you get angry? So it's just little things like that that you can learn to deal with. And I know we talked with a couple of individuals who work as counselors and things like that. Getting a counselor, getting somebody in therapy to help you learn how to manage your triggers are, are going to be huge, are going to be huge. And definitely sitting down with yourself and writing that letter to yourself and apologizing and forgiving yourself for allowing the bad behavior to take place. We have to. Otherwise, we let these things fuel us and we carry it around with us. And we're going to constantly be triggered at different events, at different situations. Um, we um, Childhood traumas face are faced daily for a lot of us. And sometimes we, we suppress them so much that we even forget that they even happen until we're faced with something that was similar to the experience we had, then all of a sudden we're re-traumatized again um, due to that. So it's definitely something to think about, something to share with, with anyone and just show that, you know, we can heal. And I think that's part of the, the, the thinking that it's done, it, it's whatever, I can move on. But if you never acknowledge it, you're not going to begin that healing process and acknowledging it, forgiving the individual, forgiving yourself, and then now 
figuring out what your triggers are and learning to cope with those triggers helps you be a better person in every new relationship, be it a friend or intimate relationship. It helps you be a better person when you come to the table so that, you know, you don't fall victim to those trigger outbursts is what I like to call them. Um, and within your relationship and then, you know, ruin your relationships with people. Think about the relationships that you had in the past and what has happened. You know, I, I, I mentioned about taking responsibility. This is part of that taking responsibility, owning your role in, in the breakup of a, either a friendship or, or a romantic relationship, owning your role and just saying, man, I didn't recognize that you know, you yelling was one of my triggers. And that's why I became despondent, you know, backed away from you and, and put up a wall. I didn't realize that, um, you know, you asking me where dinner was, was a trigger or something like that, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I, I know I, I made it very simple, but it's, it's just triggers. And we bring these triggers with us everywhere we go. Um, I know for me, I, I have triggers, definitely. When people raise their voice at me and I feel like they're mad at me, that's a trigger for me. It's like, okay, what did I do? How can I make it better? And then you start apologizing. So I had to recognize that that was a trigger for me. And it's like, okay, wait, I didn't do anything. This person's upset. Let me figure out what's going on. So I learned how to communicate my feelings better as well as, um, own that that was a trigger and it's like okay this is this is what this is so let me just sit back and sometimes you have to step away and and process all of these pieces and then address it so don't be afraid to just say I need a minute step away do what you need to do think about it process it and then bring it back to the table but you always want to bring it back because you want that person to know what it is that happened um I often tell people that when you get into relationships, either new or old, you want to disclose the, the things that have happened to you in the past. You want your partner to be a part of every aspect of your life so that your partner knows what your triggers are and they can also be mindful like, oh, let me not, you know, yell from across the room or um, be boisterous or something. I, I mean, I can't, for, for the like of better word, I can't think right now, but um, something. Loud noises, throwing things, noises of crashing things, falling. Those are triggers, right? And I, I you have to share. I don't understand how some people can go through relationship and relationship and not share this part of them. And, and unfortunately, and it's my belief, and this is my belief, that because of that not sharing what has transpired to that person um, leads to sometimes the demise of a relationship. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to go out in every relationship in the beginning. You want to tell them every um, adverse thing that has happened to you in your life. Absolutely not. But once you realize that this person is going to be the one in your life, and you have that level of trust between each other, then yes, you should open up about these things in your life because you want that person to have your back 
at every avenue, at every turn. And if they don't realize that you have these triggers and that you're suffering inside, how are they going to help you? How are they going to be a part of your life and have your back and give you that support? That's your support system. And, you know, and as much as a lot of us, especially me, like to feel like I'm an independent woman and I am in many rights, um, you still need some level of support, somebody to have your back and say, we got this. Don't worry. You know, um, even if it's a friend that's lending you a helping hand and, and, and reaching out to help you up off your knees. That's important. That's important. These are all important relationships and we have to cultivate them, nurture them and bring them to the forefront and identify again what our role is in, in that relationship. And part of that is having open communication with one another on what is happening in our hearts and in our minds. It's not easy. Oh my gosh, it is not easy at all. You know, I sit here and I talk literally to myself right at the moment, but I'm talking to you guys, but um, I'm here by myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so hard to communicate um, to my spouse, to, to other people, especially if I feel like it's going to, to cause um, some sort of conflict. I don't like conflict. I don't like engaging in conflict. I avoid it like the plague, okay? If I can take a situation and downplay it, I will do that in a heartbeat just so I don't um, hurt anyone's feelings or have a conflicting issue. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's not just you guys. I mean, we all have some part of us that can't communicate very well and for us within the black and brown community we were told not to keep what happens in our house in our house so communication is not the best and I'm just going to speak for myself at this moment for me communication was not the greatest in my household um, and I tell people um, my husband this all the time I love, love, love having conversations. I love answering people's questions. So if someone has questions for me, um, I'm better at that than just having open communication. I am sort of an introvert. And in my home growing up, we didn't communicate very well. Um, it was just one of those things that didn't happen. I never really knew how my mom felt about me um, I saw how she felt about um, everybody else, but I never knew how she felt about me unless she was angry with me for something that I've done or supposedly had done or not done. So um, that that's one of my adversities, right? Because I, I just, I shut down into myself because I don't know how to communicate. I never knew how to communicate until I became an adult and became a nurse and I had to communicate to my patients to doctors to other nurses and things like that and then I became a nurse practitioner and good lord I had to talk to more people insurance companies you know billing and and getting prior authorization so I had to communicate even more so my communication skills have definitely grown tremendously from the beginning but if I did not take myself out of that Space and I, you know, the episode um, earlier th this week 
was about facing your fears, that's facing my fear. Communication and having to communicate with someone, the fear of rejection from that communication, not getting what I want, and just, you know, the fear of asking somebody for something that I might need and and being rejected, those are all stem from how you've grown up. And we were when we were raised, we were taught children are seen, not heard. So we never really spoke a lot. So growing up in school, my teachers thought I was a mute sometimes because I never raised my hands and answered questions. Only time they knew I could I would speak is if they called on me to read a part of the textbook or to answer a question. Otherwise, I was always quiet and, and and that was one of the things they would say in my report card. She's a great student. She does her work, but we don't know if she understands the work because she doesn't talk to anybody. I didn't talk to anyone for many reasons, for many reasons. Um, communication, one, didn't know really how to talk. Another, I was bullied in school, so I really didn't want to open my mouth and talk to people. So, you know, things like that all are childhood adversities, and we bring this to every relationship that we have and the I feel like being able to have and learn how to communicate has helped my relationships tremendously I've been in three long-term relationships one for 14 years one for five years and now my current husband um, my first and only marriage is my husband currently and we're celebrating our fifth year anniversary in a few weeks and that has been, he, he and I's relationship has been the best communication I've ever had. My 14-year relationship, her and I didn't communicate very well at all. It was more or less a dictatorship. She told me what to do, I did it, and it was like, as long as I kept the peace, I was good. Um, and who knew I was in a domestic violence relationship? I was, you know, mentally abused. I had no idea. Um, until later on, as I grew in my nursing practice and grew my knowledge of life, mental health, I was like, oh, hell no, this is not going to work for me. You need to back the hell up and we need to change things. And then I found my voice. And then I began to communicate a lot of my likes and dislikes, which the person at the time did not like. Right. And then I became the bad person. So this is how being out in the community and growing yourself helps you grow and and one, recognize those triggers and cope with those triggers and now be that authentic person that you're meant to be. And then in the relationship for that I've been in in five years, I took what I learned in that 14 year relationship as I have grown um, through education and working and, and engagements and brought that to that relationship, which allowed me to recognize behavior patterns really early and also um, speak to those behavior patterns very early and, you know, communicate in a clear and concise manner, right? And and um, see that the other person was not able to communicate back effectively and then know that that's a, a situation that wasn't going to work for, for me. And then I moved on and my now current husband is amazing. We communicate very well. And I just have to say that 
it, if it wasn't for those past relationships where it was trial and error and I failed, um, I was able to, to become better and, and do better, learn better and communicate better. So every relationship comes with a set of lessons, even though you're in that relationship for a season and we try to put long-term responsibilities and, and things on those individuals that are meant to be in our lives just for a small time we have to regroup. We have to regroup in the sense that we have to look at our lives and look at the situation that we have been dealing with and really decide if it fits, serves us. And if it doesn't serve us, even though it pains us, we have to let it go. We have to. Otherwise, we're just going to run into the same circle over and over again. And you know, that's the sign of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And I know a lot of us have experienced that. And here is a time where you have to think about what do you want for yourself? What do, you, what do you see for yourself in the future? And once you decide that, how do I attain it? How do I put things in place or start to live my life as if I have those things? So definitely some pearls to think about when it comes to forgiving, letting go, forgiving yourself and rebuilding and communicating. And, you know, it's just great to sit here and have this conversation with you. Again, it's thoughts that I've had um, today and I, I just wanted to share with you all. So thank you so much for spending your time with me. Please leave me some feedback on the website or also you can find me at dc at thesoulfuleclectic.com. You can also find me on Facebook, DC Soulful Eclectic, and also on Instagram, the.soulfuleclectic.com or the.soulfuleclectic, um, not.com. But again, I want to wish you all well. Please take care of yourself and each other. And, you know, just look out for your own well-being. Self-care is not selfish. Um, so take care of yourself and each other, and I look forward to hearing from you all in the future. Namaste.